So a viewer emailed me the other day and he said, Rob, listen, I know you're not a big believer investing in gold, but he said, I'm going to invest some of my portfolio in gold. It's what I want to do. And I'd really be interested in hearing your views on how to actually go about doing it. So that's the topic we're going to tackle in today's video. For those that are new, this is the Financial Freedom Show. My name is Rob Berger. We talk about investing, retirement, and financial freedom. If those topics are of interest to you, I encourage you to subscribe to the channel. I also send out a newsletter every Sunday. You can get signed up for that. It's free uh, with the link below this video. So let's dive right in. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to briefly look at uh, whether investing in gold makes sense. And in some ways, it actually does. That may surprise longtime viewers. I'm not here to tell you that it's absolutely silly to invest in gold. And I'll show you some numbers. And then we're going to look at really the three big decisions we have to make if we're going to invest in gold. The first one being what account type? Do we, do we stick to retirement accounts or is it okay to invest in a taxable account? That's question one. Question two is physical gold, uh, you know, coins, bars, and whatnot versus an ETF or some other type of investment in gold. And then once we make that decision, okay, well, how do we actually do it? Are, there, are some ETFs, for example, better than others? And if we're going to actually go out and buy physical gold, where might we do it? So that's what we're going to cover today. Let's dive right in. What I decided to do just on this first question for just a minute or two, does it make sense to invest in gold? I went to Portfolio Visualizer here. I set the dates, as you can see, from 1972 to 2023. I put a lump sum investment. We just put $10,000. And we could compare this a lot of different ways. What I decided to do was just take your three fund portfolio. This is the Boglehead. You can actually see it here if you want to do this yourself. It's the Boglehead three fund portfolio. And then I duplicated it here. But what I did was I took 5% out of U.S. stocks, 5% out of uh, international, and then took that and, and just dropped that total of 10% into uh, gold. And when I compare it, and this is something to understand about Portfolio Visualizer, you know, I mentioned that I set the date to 1972. But it, it will limit the date range if it doesn't have data for a given asset class going back that far. And sure enough, you can see here it's January 1987. Still, I think, a really long time to take a look at this. But here they'll tell you why. And in this case, uh, what was limiting their data set was the total U.S. bond market. So something to keep in mind. But when we look at that, so that's still a very long, a very long time, 30 plus year, 35 years or so. We can see that the three fund portfolio returned 8.2% a year. Compound, that's CAGR, just stands for Compound Annual Growth Rate. Just a fancy way to say, you know, how much money did I make on a percentage basis? What was my annual return? And um, if we add 10% in gold, uh, it drops our return by oh, about 20, 23 basis points. Now, it does reduce the volatility of the portfolio. That's measured by what's called standard deviation. It's 12.27% with a three-fund portfolio over that time period. Drops to 10.96% with a little bit of, of gold. And so to the extent that you want to sort of smooth out your portfolio, uh, you know, it, it, gold can, maybe, we're only looking at one time period. We're going to look at another one in just a minute. Can perhaps reduce volatility. You can see here... Uh, portfolio one is the blue line. That's the Boglehead three fund portfolio. Red is the, the gold, uh, the, the portfolio with a little bit of gold. And actually, you can see we, we get all the way up here to 09. And they're basically neck and neck. In fact, they're neck and neck all the way up to 
oh, what's this, 2012, uh, and they're pretty close even here. So, you know, over long periods of time, gold can keep up with a portfolio without it and even reduce volatility. And in fact, let me cherry pick a date here. I'm going to come back up and rerun the numbers. I'm going to start in 2000. So that's still a long time, right? It's 23 years. Let's run these numbers and see what we get. And we'll see here. Yeah, the portfolio of gold actually outperforms. Again, not by a huge amount, but it's 6.07% versus 5.66 and with less volatility. So I will be the last person to say that under no set of circumstances does it ever make sense to invest in gold. I think, you know, relatively small amounts. One can make the argument uh, that uh, 5 or 10% in gold, you know, there could be some benefit uh, of it depending on, you know, just how the, the markets play out over the next 10, 20, 30 years. So with that, uh, get to our three big questions when it comes to, to gold and precious metals generally. The first one is retirement account versus taxable account. And without a doubt, you know, I talk a lot about asset location, that REITs make more sense in retirement accounts and uh, bonds generally do as well. I prefer traditional over, over Roth for bonds because they don't grow as much. But boy, when it comes to gold, I'm going to definitely keep it out of a taxable account because the taxes are a nightmare and they're not great and they're, and they're not easy to understand. So without question, uh, if I were ever to buy gold, I would want to buy it in a retirement account. And I'm going to link to an article below this video. Here it is. It's from Yahoo Finance. Actually, it was published just earlier this year. And it, it points out that how it talks about gold ETFs. So here's the deal. And uh, I'll just, as I always d disclose, I'm not a tax expert. So don't take this as tax advice. If you want tax advice, go to a tax professional. But here's the deal. If you own physical gold, you go out and buy gold coins or, or, or whatnot, it's treated as a collectible by the IRS. And as a collectible, even if you qualify, you know, hold it long enough for long-term capital gains, the tax rate for long-term capital gains at the federal level on a collectible can be as high as 28%. So you're, you're, you're paying a higher long-term capital gains uh, on physical gold that you own as a collectible. Now, here's where things get even more complicated, and it goes back to this article. If you invest in a gold ETF, which is how I would do it in a retirement account, if I were investing in gold, but if you put it in a, in a taxable account, how it gets taxed depends on the gold ETF. You can think of gold ETFs as either, there's there's one kind of gold T ETF, we'll look, we'll look at an example, that actually owns physical gold. It goes out, you know, and buys the physical gold and stores it for you. And so it's treated like a collectible, even though it's an ETF, it's treated for tax purposes like a collectible uh, because they go out and they, they, uh, they actually buy physical gold. Now you can also get, as you see here, uh, ETFs, gold ETFs that actually use futures to sort of track the price of gold. They don't actually go out and buy the physical gold but here, it doesn't really help us much from a taxable perspective, at least as far as I'm concerned, because you do get long-term capital gains, but only 60% of it is considered long-term. The other 40% is considered short-term, and you get hit with these taxes annually. So again, I'll link to this article, but the long and short of it is for me, if I were gonna invest in gold, I would be investing inside a retirement account. Now, that gets to a couple more questions that, that, that we talked about. And, and one is, 
that I actually didn't allude to is there is something called a gold IRA. And there are gold IRA companies out there. And the idea is this. You can open up this what's called self-directed IRA. They'll do all the paperwork for you. They'll, they'll do all the legwork for you. And then what you do is you buy the physical gold from the, the, this gold IRA company. And then they or a company that they have contracted with will actually store the gold. Because here's the deal. Uh, the laws were changed in the late 90s, 1997, that would allow for, for, for gold inside an IRA. But, but you can't, as the IRA holder, owner, you can't take physical possession of the gold. So enter these gold IRA companies that will do it for you, uh, perhaps along with another company, and hold the gold for you. They'll sell it to you. If you ever, ever want to sell it back to them, they'll buy it back from you. Sounds good, right? The problem is this. The markups on this gold are outrageous. And I, I will just tell you now, I've had gold IRA companies find my YouTube channel and they've reached out to me. I've even talked to the CEO of one of the gold IRA companies. And here's what he told me. He said, depending on how much someone you know might click through a link that I might put below a video uh, and, and sign up for gold IRA, depending on which type of gold they bought, I and of course how much, I could make as much as $50,000 on a single transaction. Now, I don't know where you come from, but where I come from, and that's Ohio, that's a lot of money. And I said to him, I said, well, that sounds great, but you must be charging these folks an arm and a leg if you can give me 50 grand off of one transaction. And long and short of it is, yeah, they are. Sometimes their, their markups are greater than 30%. Now, it does depend on what type of gold you buy. You might be able to buy gold through a gold IRA where the markup is 5%. But the reality is gold IRAs charge an arm and a leg. They spend a fortune on marketing. You'll see very famous people promoting gold IRA companies. Uh, they'll pay YouTubers a lot of money to promote gold IRAs. I've even seen news organizations succumb to this and they're just pumping gold IRA companies left and right in content that appears to be news uh, content, and it's just, it's not. And so I would say, even within an IRA, I would avoid gold IRA companies. You don't need a self-directed IRA, just invest in a, in a gold ETF, if that's what you wanna do. And this then gets us to the two that I wanna show you. One is a very well-known Spider Gold Shears GLD, probably one of the largest gold maybe the largest gold ETF. It's relatively inexpensive, 40 basis points. You see that here. Now this will own physical gold. You can actually go here and I'll leave links to all of this. Where it walks through how GLD works. You can see it here. Maybe make this a little bigger for you. Now again, in a taxable account, you would have to be aware of this is they own physical gold. It's a collectible 28% long-term capital gains potential. So you need to know all that. But inside an IRA, obviously it's different. So this would be one option, GLD. And again, here it is uh, on Morningstar. But there's another one, GLDM. Now this is one that uses futures contracts. So they're not physically owning gold. Again, we saw in this Yahoo article just how complicated and expensive the tax consequences can be, but if you're inside a retirement account, it's different. And as between these two, I would own GLDM if I had to pick one. Why? Because it's cheaper. Remember, we were looking at the GLD uh, ETF and it's 40 basis points. GLDM is only 10 basis points. 
Why the difference? Well, GODM doesn't have to actually buy physical gold and then spend a ton of money storing it and insuring it because it's not buying physical gold. So it's cheaper. Now, if I were actually going to buy gold, I would be very aware of the bid ask uh, spread. Now, you can't really look at this right now and, and make much of it. I'm recording this on a Sunday. And so during the times when the market is not open, the bid ask spread uh, can, can get wonky. So I would wait until about oh, probably 10 a.m. On a, on, a, on a market day before I actually looked at what the bid ask spread is. But that would be an important consideration as well when deciding between these two ETFs. Uh, and, but if you look at performance, basically GLDM does outperform uh, be basically because of that difference in expense ratio. And now it hasn't been ar as around as long, but for example, year to date, it's at 558. We'll just use this one year as an example. If we go back this one, this is GLDs at 529. Again, roughly the difference in the expense ratio. And uh, if you go back the last, I think five years since 2019, you'll see that's that same pattern. And that's about how far back GLDM goes. Obviously, GLD has been around for a lot longer. So if I were going to invest in gold, I would invest in a retirement account. I would probably do GLDM, although I haven't studied the bid asks uh, spreads enough to make a final decision on that. That's something that I would look at during market hours. Now, if you said, look, I, I, I appreciate all the tax consequences, I got it, but I really, you know, I just want to own physical gold that I can keep in my house, you know, I don't bury in the backyard, where would you go? Well, what I probably wouldn't do is go to a local uh, coin shop because they're going to be more expensive. At least that's true in my area. I've gone to all of them. This is years ago in my area, and they were consistently more expensive than buying gold or silver online. Now, where would I go to buy gold or silver online? Well, I've, I've actually bought silver online. Now, this was many years ago, and I don't own it anymore, but I bought from Atmex, uh, APMEX. I don't, at the moment, have any financial connection with, with them at all. They're not an affiliate. I don't promote them. I did many, many years ago, although not to, to a great degree, because as you know, again, I'm not really a gold or silver investor, but I have bought from them. I bought silver American Eagles, they literally just mail them to you. I, they have, I think, the, probably the, some of the best prices that I could find. Obviously, you'll want to shop around. Um, and, uh, you know, they they delivered what they promised they would deliver when they promised to, to deliver it. And um, everything, at least in my experience, worked out well. Again, I've not bought from uh, Atmex or any other precious metal company in many, many years. But that's probably where I would go today if I wanted to buy gold or silver, and I would probably buy American Eagles if I were going to buy physical gold or silver. I just think they're they're cool, if to be honest with you. Um, and, you know, they're, they're minted here in the United States and just probably what I uh, would buy. I would say the only other uh, consideration in terms of buying physical gold or silver is you could possibly go to a, a, a coin show. There's one that goes to Baltimore two or three times a year, and I've, I, I try to get to it at least once a year. I'm more interested in uh, bank notes, although again, I haven't bought any in years, but I like to go and just look at them. And uh, so you might be able to find decent deals there. Uh, perhaps I will tell you if you're buying, you're going to be paying cash or with a check. Uh, don't don't pull out a credit card. If you do, uh, you'll be paying a, a markup uh, to buy on credit. So uh, this is something to keep in mind. So there you go. That's my take on how to buy gold, where to buy it. I'd keep it in a, in a retirement account. 
uh, and I would just go with an ETF. I would never go with a, a gold IRA company because I just don't think uh, they're worth the extra cost, which can be significant. So there's my take on it. If you have any questions uh, or want to share your experience buying gold or silver, leave, it, leave them in the comments uh, below. And if you have questions, I'll be happy to help you out any way I can. Until next time, remember, the best thing money can buy is financial freedom.